Hi, I'm Kevin DeCristofano. I'm Sean Flanagan, and we are the Ninja Turtle Nerds. You're a weekly podcast where we discuss the Ninja Turtle comics one issue at a time. Kevin, how you been? Oh, you know, it's been a minute since you and I have been able to record. Just so our listeners know, peek behind the curtain. I thought I was going to be able to do these bonus episodes all through the middle, the in-between seasons. But I, I just got swamped with work in December. Uh, I was literally the week before Christmas, like leaving my house at five in the morning and getting home at seven o'clock at night. So six oh days a week. Uh, so yeah, there was no room for podcasting. <laughs> Did your uh, but, turtle collection grow like mine has in the past few weeks? Oh, of course. Yeah, that's all. That's what everyone gets me for Christmas. They know. <laughs> it's that and like Spider-Man stuff and like all the nerdy stuff we're interested in like that. That, like I just got lots like I got a new wallet I got a Mario Kart wallet it's pretty cool oh nice uh, which I needed because our listeners don't know this but I uh, I had my wallet lost and stolen um, a few months ago I dropped it at I knew exactly where I dropped it and I went back it was gone and literally within a few hours we get notices that somebody was trying to withdraw money from our credit cards and yeah so they they stole the wallet and had a good deal of cash in it too. I was pretty upset about that. The thing that was most upsetting to me about it is like, if you want to steal from me, that's fine. But like, leave my driver's license and stuff so I don't have to go through all that. You know what I mean? Like, right. take the cash out, take my credit cards out if you want, but leave the wallet. Be a polite <laughs> like, leave my for stuff. God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, I, I went from not collecting like stuff to I'm um, waiting on two, no, three, three more figures to arrive. I just, I've slowly become becoming one of them. Um, yeah. So hopefully I have my own room soon. I have nowhere to put all this stuff. I started doing a big digital collection is what I started collecting. Like I started getting all of the Ninja Turtle stuff on Comixology because, you know, I have it in print form, but I always read comics on my yeah. tablet. So figured it was time to start digitizing. No, I already... Got my next two hardcovers and the next two last Ronins ordered. Nice. Looking forward to those. But other than that, uh, I think it's time to dive into the third issue of Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is what brings us here today. Are you ready for Manos the Shells of Fate? Oh, I am. I'm glad you... <laughs> I get about halfway through and I went, wait a minute. He looks like... <laughs> More on that. More on that later, listeners. But uh, t today, the actual title of the issue is All Hallows Thieves. It has art by Ryan Brown and Jim Lawson. Uh, writing by Kevin Eastman and Ryan Brown with letters by Steve Levine. We're back to him because this came out in October of 1987. Yes, so it would have fit in right, right after issue 12. Ryan Brown, according to... He did the art. Yep. And according to the credits on the back of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles action figures, oh, Ryan Brown also he created Hothead, Scratch, Monty Moose. Oh, yeah, Mounty Moose. Sorry, Mounty Moose. I know that one. Uh, that's actually one of my favorite ones. So Mounty Moose, good for him. He's like a Canadian Mountie. Oh He's yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, King Lionheart, Court, Worm, Scumbug. And some big ones here, Leatherhead, more on that, you know, later oh, down really? in the tail series. 
Dr. L. This guy created Wingnut and Screwloose, wow. which were very popular toys. Ray Filet. This oh. dude did a lot. Oh. Sandstorm. Here's a big one. Mondo Gecko. Oh, nice. Who was like a real big Turtles character on the, on the, well, not real big, but he had a good part in the 2012 cartoon. He did Mondo Gecko and Rock and Roll Mondo Gecko. <laughs> and he had a comic book series called The Selected. What does it say? Brown. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm cutting this. I don't know what this means. <laughs> it says Brown's comic book series, The Selected, is populated with his old, unused TMNT toy designs. Oh, so he used... Okay. So I get what that means. So his comic book series, The Selected, he used like his unused toy designs, made it into the comic as like characters for that comic. I, I can't see. So that's pretty cool. Playmates, everyone. I can't see them saying no. So I'm curious what in the hell never made it to an action figure. <laughs> it might have just been like feasibility. You know what I mean? Like if, if this thing is action. I don't know if that's a word, but it might have just been like, hey, can this action figure exist? You know, can it stand? Can it do? Can it do whatever? Not that all of them could stand anyway. <laughs> but anyway, this comic came out in October of 1987. And something I want to start doing going forward on the show, Sean and I talked about this, is start like putting a frame of reference of when the book came out. So here's some stuff from October of 1987. I told you I came with notes, Sean. I got them. <laughs> well, good. So movies. The big movie in October of 87 was Fatal Attraction. Have you seen it? Oh, I have. Yeah. I don't think... Yeah, I know I haven't, but... The you description says Fatal it's a 1987 attraction? psychological thriller directed by Adrian Lane. The film How centers on a married How have you not seen man. that movie? That's all that murder and inch. That's all that stuff you like. I actually haven't seen any Michael Douglas movies other than the MCU appearances. Oh my! So, say what say what you will about that. <laughs> I mean, they're not all. Oh no, that's winners. a lie. That's a lie, and you're gonna hate this. You're gonna hate this. I saw the sequel to um what's the gordon gecko movie wall street never sleeps wall street yeah i saw the sequel to wall street but i didn't see wall street <laughs> no um, i've done the reverse on that so anyway the, the the fatal attraction it centers on a married man who has a weekend affair with a woman who refuses to allow it to end and becomes obsessed with him sounds like a thriller to me in music of october of 87 we've got bad by michael jackson pretty sure everyone knows that Video games. Uh, there were only two noteworthy video games that I saw from October that got released in October of 87. Here in the U.S., we got Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, the NES game. Yep. And Maniac Mansion was released, but not the NES version. It was like the computer version. The, the NES one wasn't out until 1990. I forgot there was an NES version of that game. I have been thinking about playing it lately. Uh, I, I feel like it's a game that I should just like down, like like get a walk through and like go through the whole game just to experience it, you yeah. know? Because I'm not gonna, I don't have any time anymore. Like we just talked about earlier, how much I've been the, working. The, I'm in the like, same. I don't, boat. I don't have time to just like ex experiment with every input on a game like that. I don't know if our listeners even know. So Maniac Mansion was like one of those point, one of the earliest like. Not even point and click, it was like you'd put commands in, like like look in fridge, 
Yeah, it was right? uh, one of the first like that. big LucasArts games. But yeah, it's a game I've always wanted to experience because I've played a few other LucasArts games. Like, I loved Full Throttle. I loved oh, a yeah. lot of the Star Wars games they did. Day of the uh, Tentacle, which so. is the sequel to Maniac Mansion. That's fun. Yeah. What was the one with the rabbit? With the rabbit? Yeah, there was like a... Oh, uh, Sam and like Max. This, yeah, that's it. They were yeah. cops. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to some television from October of 87. Again, this is all just to give you, give the listener an idea of what world this comic was released in. So, the top shows on TV were... Actually, you want to guess, Sean? What do you What do you think? Uh, in 87? Throw out what you, what you think a top show. I got, I got the top 12 shows here, and I did that weird number for a reason. I would think Cheers is on there. Yep, number three. Oh, wow. Perfect Strangers? Um, no. Uh, Might be in the top. The, the, the Wikipedia had, like, the top, like, 50. I only took the top 12. Because the reason I took the top 12 was I was originally going to read them all off here, but I'll just say it. Number 12 was Moonlighting. Gosh, it's kind of like Moonlighting, isn't it? Um, so anyway, yeah, I'll just go down the list. It's Moonlighting at 12. Number 11's The Wonder Years. Alf oh. at 10. Oh, yeah, Alf. I Murder, about she Alf. wrote. Uh, 60 Minutes. I don't know if that should even count, but I guess it does. <laughs> just it was movie. a good no, time for 60 Minutes. <laughs> uh, Night Court. Who's oh, the yeah, boss okay. at number six? Growing Pains at number five. We've got the Golden Girls at four. Cheers, I already said, was number three. Number two, A Different World. And number one, The Cosby Show. The less said about that, the better. I also wrote down, to, to put this in a frame of reference, tell me if you think you can, how much of the cast of Saturday Night Live you can guess from October of 87. 87? This is a good cast. Yeah, this is a good cast. Kevin Nealon. Yep. Phil Hartman. Correct. Dana Carvey. Mm-hmm. See, Sean and I are both, like, we. another thing we're super into besides Ninja Turtles was always Saturday Night Live, so I thought this would be a cool segment to do, because... Saturday Night Live really does, like, give you an idea of, like, what time frame you're in, right? Oh, yeah. Hell else was yeah. on 87. So, Joe Piscopo. So, it was Dana Carvey, Nora Dunn, Nora Dunn. Phil Hartman, Jan Hooks, Victoria okay. Jackson, John Lovitz, Dennis Miller, Kevin Nealon, with featured players uh, Whitney Brown and Al Franken. That is a good cast. Wow. And I, I did the hosts for that month because I think this really lets you know what time period this issue was released in. So there were three episodes of Saturday Night Live that month. The first was hosted by Steve Martin uh-huh. with musical guest Sting. The second was hosted by Sean Penn with musical guest LL Cool J. That's a combo. And the, yeah. And the third, I don't know who this is, uh, and I apologize if that's a bad thing, but it was hosted by Dabney Coleman. Do you know who that is? Not off the top of my head, no. Yeah, and musical guest was The Cars with special guest Elvira, because it was the end of October. All right. So. I'm clicking on Dabney Coleman right now. It's not really cute. I don't. It's an American actor. Best known films include The Towering Inferno, 9 to 5, On Golden Pond, War Games. Okay, so it's just an actor we haven't heard of. So basically, whoever Sorry. they really had that week canceled. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember exactly. The Towering yeah. Inferno? No? 
Well, they're hosting the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was my last bit of trivia about the month that this comic book was released in, but I, I, I think it's a good segment. Moving forward, one thing I'd like to do is talk about, uh, mention any episodes of Ninja Turtles cartoons that aired, but the oh, cartoon yeah, yeah. hadn't started yet in 1987. <laughs> well, it is in our main season episodes, because keep in mind there, we're into the 90s now. So that's the time period we're living in. For whatever reason, I did not have luck finding this issue on any of the online comic services. But if you are listeners looking to get it physically other than Obviously, you can go on eBay and hunt down the individual issue. But IDW has a Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Omnibus, Omnibus Volume 1. Yeah, that's where I got it, too. It's it's on Comixology um, digitally. And I think, yeah, I it think is you on can there. buy a print copy okay. of it, too. So that that book collects all seven turtle uh, tales. And they're colored, so it's like the colored classics. And then it has the sequel Wait, that has all seven? series in it too, which the one I got only yeah. has the first four. And then it has volume two, does the the next three. So this is the most oh, recent nice. release of it. So if you're looking for all seven together, there is an omnibus of it. Make sure you don't so. get the one I got. <laughs> Another great cover, I gotta say. I don't know if it's because it, it, it again. Really, I wasn't really too. I wasn't too wild about the cover. See, I think this is where our tastes differ because this is another one that reminds me of Frank Frazetta fantasy art. I could be wrong, but in the eons we've known each other, you're not really a fantasy guy. So, I mean, I like Final Fantasy. I know, but you, you don't like Lord of the Rings <laughs> or anything like that. No. Actually, like it's it also goes along with you also know I, I can't get into westerns either. Right. And there's there's just something about oldness. <laughs> <laughs> there's something I, I like a I like a story to either be present day or somewhere around the present. Like if it was like, you know, like Captain Marvel being in the nineties or something being in the eighties, that's fine. Um, or futuristic, but like, I, I don't know. I can't dial the clock back too far. There's just something about it I can't get into. <laughs> that, uh, all right, listeners, that might be my favorite statement Kevin has ever made on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oldness? You know, oldness. I just can't. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I, I like all those cheesy effects movies and stuff, so it gives me that vibe and... I love how Donnie's bow is snapping in it. Like, I like when they go and put that little extra detail in, and I feel like he's one that, at least in the Mirage run, doesn't get to shine on the covers as much. No, most of the covers are either Raph or, or Leo. So, I, I appreciate that he, all four of them. he has kind of the highlight on the cover. Even though it is the back. Right. Oh yeah, another. And for, and for those of you who haven't seen it, it's so it's a blue monster with six arms that is involved in the story. So the cover does relate to the story, which I always like. I, I don't like when the cover has nothing to do with it. Um, and like pretty much like he's fighting the turtles off with each arm while the two extra arms holds weapons high above his head. 
So he's got four arms, each fighting a different turtle, and weapons held above his head. He also has four arms. <laughs> that was bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the cover. I don't got too much. So yeah, I like the cover, and this might be my favorite. Let me tell you a story right now. Page for the artwork, or just the way he phrases it. I think both. Again, I okay. t- to me, this is Donatello. He's the one that seems like he would read Poe. But I, I just like that that's where he is <laughs> at Poe's grave. And he's like, let me tell you a story. Don't worry about why I'm in the graveyard right now. <laughs> so, yeah, he's there in the graveyard. And I got to tell you, I read this issue like four times before I noticed that hand popping up out of the, the grave area. Oh, that was like the first thing I spotted. And I don't know if it's because I did this thing where I do this sometimes for the show where I read both the I read the black and white first oh, and then okay, I read yeah. the color. And so I don't know if the black and white just didn't highlight it enough. I'll have to go back and look. But yeah, I didn't notice until my third time reading it. And that was the color issue that I was reading. Huh. Because I, so, I, I saw it in the black and white. I haven't seen the color. So interesting. So the story opens after that grave with two dudes flying into New York City airport there's uh, basically a big guy with a mustache and like a short fat guy uh, I don't think we ever find out the guy with the mustache's name do we I was I was trying to find it no I don't think we do I, I <laughs> the, the way they're both drawn I like that it's just uh, huh they're thieves huh huh <laughs> so <laughs> So, yeah, we'll call him Mustache Man. So, uh, before they land, Mustache Man is explaining that they he finally found this idol that he's been looking for. And it doesn't give us any explanation how he found it, but he, he mentions that it's at a store called Second Time Around, which we know is April's antique store. And this No is idea the- how he knows it wound up there. No idea how it got there in the first place. That's the kind of story we're dealing with here. It's like a very, like, just go with it, Twilight Zone. Are you afraid of the dark? Um, like, oh, okay, this this cursed item is at the store. Just accept it. If this was yeah. a, a movie in 1987, there would be a tasteful montage of all the places his search led him of research. You know, looking at books yeah. and talking to other people. Leading him to second time around. I like that the store finally gets to be a store. Even if it's only this one yep. time. So his his friend is Haji. We do get a name for him. Uh, Haji asks if they're going to buy the thing from second time around. But the mustache guy says it has to be stolen. Has to be. We don't ever really get much info on that either. Other than that it's like. What is it? It's like. It's the, the statue is the god of, of stolen objects or something like that. So. Yeah, That's so really part, only... part of the shtick is you but have never, to steal like, it. He never comes out and specifically says the magic won't work if you don't steal it, does he? I think there's a throwaway line to it, but it's not done in a way oh, where okay. he, Like, I think the second time I read it, I went, oh, all right, so there's kind of a rule. Okay, so Haji, Haji seems like he seems like he's just along for the ride to me too because he doesn't have any information <laughs> he's just like he doesn't 
So he needs it. He needs it to be explained to him that the statue needs to be stolen. He didn't know that. He didn't know why they were going to New York because it's not until they're landing that the mustache guy is like, ah, so I know this. I finally found the statue and it's at the store. Like, like they bought all the tickets. They planned the whole trip and they 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 flew into New York, assuming from another country, um, because because of the way they're coming in. Um, maybe Egypt from the, the Egypt story. Uh, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like Haji, Haji I, has no information here. I saw Haji as Mustachio invited him over to help him move a couch. And then he's like, <laughs> oh, can you give me a ride to the airport? Yeah. And then it just went from there is, you want to come with? Yeah, I get nothing going on. So... <laughs> Haji is blameless. That's the point. So. <laughs> so then they're getting off the plane and they do this cool bit where the mustache man shakes the pilot's hand to thank him for flying them in. And, and then they walk away and you see that he stole his watch while he was shaking the hand. And I, I should mention at this point that there is an episode of the 2003 cartoon series based on this issue. And okay. I watched it in preparation and they they do it i think they they get to the point a little quicker because that episode opens with the guy already in the second time around store and this handshake thing in instead it's they're walking down the street and um i forget why he's able to touch the guy (laughs) but but he steals his wallet um (laughs) Maybe he shook his hand, too. I can't remember. But he steals a guy's wallet instead. And it's while they're walking down the sidewalk, he's explaining to Haji that he just saw the idol in the store. And to me, that's a lot cleaner. You know, it's like we saw him learn where the the idol was. Like we see in the episode, like, oh, he was in the store and he saw the idol. Um, I don't know. You and your cleanness. So Haji asks if they're going to go and buy the idol right now. And the dude's like, um, no, we have to recruit some help first. And then they see this homeless guy sleeping on a, a nearby bench. And then we cut away. So obviously we're implying that the homeless guy is going to be their help. So we cut to Mustache Man. He's walking into April's shop and asks to see. He asks to see something grotesque. And April acts like this is something that happens to her often. <laughs> like she's well, like, I got that's just why the you thing. go there. She says it's priced to move. <laughs> Did you think it looked grotesque? No, but let's yeah, be I don't f- think it looks grotesque either. Let's be fair at this point. April's not really developed in any way in the series. So, I mean, she's literally the MacGuffin hander outer in this issue. It's probably the only thing she had in the back. <laughs> There's probably a panel missing of so, her looking at the statue and then looking at a Teddy Rupskin that's possessed and going, hmm. <laughs> so. <laughs> so then the guy says he forgot his wallet and he, he leaves and April's just like, what what the heck just happened? Because he leaves and like, he's a weirdo about leaving. Um, <laughs> and... Then later that night, we see three masked men trying to peek into the window there at the second time around store. And 
The turtles are upstairs carving pumpkins, which is actually a cool sequence in the cartoon show. Like they, you know, they're using like their ninja weapons and stuff. Um, Can you really carve so, a pumpkin anyway. with nunchucks? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the, the burglar alarm in the antique store starts blaring and Donatello's like, oh, it's probably just clunk, which is the cat from the Michelangelo one shot. And I'm, I'm glad that that cat just keeps getting dropped in all these issues like we keep hearing it. Um, so he thinks the cat set off the alarm and he goes down to investigate, but he pretty soon sees, you know, the three masked people who broke into the store. And you'd think, okay, well, this is going to be like at the beginning of Secret of the Ooze when <laughs> when they, they, they see the people in, in, in the basement and beat them up with, what was it, cold cuts? Kung Fu cold cuts. Kung Fu cold cuts. No, but what, basically what I'm saying is like you think it's going to be like, okay, a Ninja Turtle just saw these people breaking in. They're going to get their butts kicked. But not the case. They knock a bookshelf over and it's like a library bookshelf like it's like full like eight foot tall bookshelf i'm not sure why it was just like in the middle of the store <laughs> but they knock it over on donatello and 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 they they get away so so the turtles come downstairs after hearing the commotion and uh confused donatello tells them that he, he knows they stole the statue right i'm trying to remember here yeah. Oh, yeah, because he knows that they're going to the Blue Star Hotel. Yep. Oh, no, they got the... Okay, so they had the one thug there. That's why. And I, I, I had that part out of my notes, and they're, like, questioning him, and then he chokes to death, right? He, he just, like, dies while they're talking to him. Yeah, because... <laughs> Here's where things get a little shaky for me. Mustachio used a poison to get them to do what he wanted. Wouldn't hypnotism be easier? I don't think... I think the poison was so that they wouldn't be around at the end, but I don't think it was what made them do it. Like, I think because they're homeless, I think he might have just paid them to do it, but gave them the poison so that they wouldn't be around afterwards. Here's right? 20 bucks and some poison. Because <laughs> he, he did, I, I think, hold on, let me find it. There's When he explains the poison part, he just says that he gave them a poison. I, I don't think it says anything about the poison controlling them. Let me see. I could be wrong. All right, so here he is choking. He's dead. All right. All right, here's Mustache Man. To fulfill my destiny as the direct descendant of the King of Thieves, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I gave them a slow-acting poison before I sent them out on the job. We have an unlimited supply of expendable servants. Why leave witnesses? So I, I don't know. I guess it could control them, but that's all the that's all the expl explaining we get on it. <laughs> we 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 don't get him outright saying it controlled them. I thought he just because they were homeless. I thought he just paid the money, but also gave them this poison. <laughs> I'm not sure why, maybe because they would be around to want a share of the whatever. What is he even planning to do with this idol? Like It gives him power. That, I don't that's know. It. Yeah, but he doesn't use the power for it. We'll get there. So, <laughs> so back at the hotel, like we just said, Mustache Man says they got the expendable servants, that whole scene. And then the turtles 
soon arrive. They bust into the hotel. They bust in, into his room. Just as he's um, in the, he's like in the middle of like, I'm struggling to explain it. He's he's doing like a magic ceremony, right? Yeah, he's in the middle of the ritual. That's the word I'm looking for, ritual. So, uh, yeah, the turtles, they're like, you know, we don't want any trouble. They just want him to pay for the statue. And there's a great reference to um, Better Off Dead, where Raphael is like, $2, $2. Yeah, I didn't think of Better Off Dead. I thought of Drinky Crow, but... Oh, yeah, Drinky Crow. How much yeah. is that statue? Two dollars. How much <laughs> is that whiskey? So Captain Mustache is like, you're too late. Uh, it's it's all going to hit the fan now. And like all thousands of these little monsters just pour out of the statue. I love that page. It's such a cool image. It's really cool in color, too. So definitely, maybe yeah, that's why you color. got all eight or seven, all seven issues. And the one I'm doing is four and then three, like split up because it's it's color. That might be it. Oh, maybe. Either way, if if you're looking, one thing we want to do going forward with the show is, like Sean said earlier, we want to tell you guys where you can find these issues. And these issues are available in collections on Comixology. Uh, both in color and not in color. Uh, one apparently has all seven issues. One just has the first four. And then volume two has one has uh, five, six, and seven. Anyway, back to back to the sorcerer. He's uh, he, he unleashed all those monsters. The turtles attack the monsters. Um, but like, obviously, they can't fight a thousand monsters. <laughs> so they in the monsters, they, they kind of take all their weapons and they, they don't really know what to do about it. So Donatello thinks up this plan, and, and the turtles basically taunt the monsters into chasing them. And then we cut to the sorcerer, who's gloating that he's unleashed this the, the power of the, the mightiest thieves of all time. Apparently those are somehow like the... We should describe the monsters. They're like bat creatures. Yeah, they're little... Uh... Um, they... Klepto demons. Yeah, I mean, they all kind of look different. And, and to tell you the truth, they kind of reminded me of some of them, not all of them, not the ones that fly, uh, but some of they they reminded me of the goblins from the real Ghostbusters cartoon. The yeah, trolls, that's yeah. what they were, trolls. Yep. Yeah, this whole sequence reminded me yeah. of real Ghostbusters, actually. Very much, yeah. It's a very real Ghostbusters uh, sequence before that was even close to being a thing. Because uh, that cartoon... Wait, did that cartoon exist yet? 87, yeah. There you go. So maybe they were inspired. So Because I, I know that was like one of the first episodes. It might be episode two. Something like that. But... Anywho. Back to the story. So the turtles climbed on top of this building. And they're, they're waiting for the, the thief god uh, to show up. And it does. <laughs> <laughs> Unexpectedly. Yeah. So uh, so they attack it and uh, they they knock the um, the statue off the roof and it falls and smashes on the pavement. I like that it lands it on the it. garbage can and it just crunches it. I don't know. It's just a nice little detail. 
Yeah, that was nice. Uh, so since the the figure from the store is now destroyed, the demons start to disappear. And uh, now that their master is gone, they don't exist anymore. Uh, Mikey spots the mustache man uh, trying to get away. Donatello throws his, his staff, tripping him up. And then the police show up. And they arrest him and they erase Haji, Haji even though Haji didn't really do anything. <laughs> like, what did Haji do? Like you said, he, he did <laughs> he nothing. He showed up and that was enough. <laughs> this man was just along for the ride. He didn't know why they were going to New York. He didn't know where the idol was. He didn't know what the idol did. He was just trying to help out a friend. Yep. And there's a nice note that it ends on where the cops think that the uh, the turtles are kids in Halloween costumes. Because did we even say this is a Halloween issue? I think we did at the beginning. I but mean, if we didn't, they were, we're carving pumpkins. So, yeah, it's implied, but... I think it's the first Halloween reference because that is something that, you know, they play with later on in the other iterations is, hey, it's Halloween. We can go outside. No one's going to be like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, they do that in uh, in Rise, don't they? Um, I know they, they do it in a few, like, comics and stuff. I think the, uh, so that out of the shadows they do it. They think there's a Halloween parade. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yep. So that's the story. Um, I got a few notes of just random stuff. So when we eventually get to it down the line, well, I don't know if we'll ever actually talk about this issue because it's not on the main comic line, but in the second volume of Tales of the Ninja Turtles, it's much longer. Like this, the first volume that we're doing it on the show because it's only seven issues, but eventually they did a second volume and it's way longer. So issue 62 of that volume, you, you see in Michelangelo's closet, uh, he's got the idol in there. That's a nice nod. So I, I'm going to guess you and I thought the same thing. I, it didn't occur to me till they arrested him. But So basically, the master from Manos <laughs> dragged yep. his friend all the way over to get a statue. <laughs> yeah, they definitely somehow, the, the artist, at least the artist, but I'm assuming everyone involved with this comic knew about Manos Hands of Fate which if you don't know is one of the worst movies ever made it was made popular by Mystery Science Theater uh, it's, it's a Joel episode if you're wondering um, and it's like but this was years before that was a thing so I don't know how they would have known about this movie if you have any idea like was this like a thing where people were trading tapes and knew about Manos in the 80s <laughs> if, if you know let us know because I'm really curious how popular or like not even popular but like how well known Manos Hands of Fate was back then I first noticed it when he's if you look at the scene where he's casting the spell yeah. and the turtles walk in on him yep. he's holding his arms out like like the Manos guy does in the movie. Yep. So that's that's when it clicked for me. No, it took me till he got arrested and I went, wait a minute. I know this guy. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some moments where I think the art is incredibly strong in this issue because when Mikey falls off the building and hits the pavement, like that hurt me. Like that that <laughs> that, that looked like no fun at all. Is this the first time the turtles lose their weapons in the book? 
They had different weapons in issue nine, you remember, because it was like a prequel. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'm sure they've had them knocked out of their hands before, but you're right. This is the first time I can think of where they, they lose them and like don't pick them up at some point, you know? Yeah. Like they're just gone for the rest of the issue. That, that's a so fun... You, I think you're on to something there. That's a fun story when they get home. So... Goblins stole all our stuff? So the mustache guy, uh, at one point... I So I, I saw this online. I don't know how true it is. <laughs> but it, it says his, his chant when he's chanting, which is Maka Leka... Oh, yeah. Pee, it's Pee-wee. Me- Mecca, what's that? Mecca lecca high, mecca hiney ho. I have hiney hiney hiney, but I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that's zombies. <laughs> I don't know why I would even correct that nonsense. Anyway, it's from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yep. Um, <laughs> hey, zombie. But this trivia says that due to the supposedly offensive translation of that chant, IDW trade paperback put a warning warning readers of the um, insensitive material um I'm gonna say it's probably just a bunch of nonsense words it's an interesting trivia fact if, if you know anything about that please contact us and let us know if that's correct or if that's absolutely false uh, you can find us at TMNT nerds on Twitter and Instagram we've got a gmail TMNT nerds at gmail.com and this this season starting up soon we're not going to record as many episodes in advance like we used to do so if you want to give us thoughts on i mean you know what issues we're going to do we're going in order (laughs) so if you have thoughts on tales uh issue four issue five issue six issue seven um those are going to be the next couple of episodes we do here. Let us know. Email us, tmntnerds at gmail.com, and, and just give us your thoughts on any of those issues, and we'll we'll happily read them during the episodes and, and discuss other people's opinions on these comics because one of the best things about this podcast is learning about other Turtle fans and what they think. So, so I think that's everything I have about this issue. How about you, Sean? Yeah, I mean, it... Tales so far has been pretty consistently good, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You want to try to rank this one? I didn't write it down, but I, another thing Sean and I talked about is doing rankings uh, on these issue, on issues going forward. and Three and a half. I don't know. I've, I, yeah, three and a half for you? Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but. Out of, fi- out of five, right? Out of five, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, that's a little high for me. Like you said, maybe it's the fantasy. Uh, that's the hating. thing. I, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the old thing hating. I think I would rate this on a scale of one to five. This issue to me is like a two and a half. It's and that sounds bad when you first say it, but what I mean is like it's dead center, middle of the road. Like not really much I don't like, but also not much that drove me crazy or, or made me like oh my god I gotta keep reading this you know this is a this is a right down the center pitch no deviation <laughs> I mean if nothing else it, it it really wants me to see a young Indiana Jones series pitched by you where he has zero interest in what he's doing 
<laughs> well, I told you, I don't think so. Indiana Jones, this is something Sean and I have talked about, is I can never get into the Indiana Jones movies, which is weird because I love a lot of Harrison Ford stuff. I just can't get into that. And I, I my leading theory, because when they were, I don't know if they're still on Netflix, but when they were on Netflix, I gave it a try again. And I think the main problem is that Indiana Jones has been parodied so much. And... I love all the things that parodied it, like Saturday Night Live and Animaniacs and The Simpsons. And I've seen the parodies so many times that when I watch the movie, that's all I'm seeing. And I can't get... And by the time they get to the part of the movie that isn't the main focus of the parodies, I'm already checked out. I haven't been paying attention for 20 minutes now because it's all stuff I've seen a million times, you know? So I think that's my main problem with Indiana Jones. But it's also that he's looking for old stuff, so <laughs> it all makes sense. I don't now. mind that. Like, that's a cool concept to me in theory. Like, I I love the Doctor Afra Star Wars comic, which is basically Space Indiana Jones. Okay, okay, but <laughs> but whatever. All right. So old is what we learned today was old is bad. Idols can summon demons but you just have to break the statue and they all go away Manos Hands of Fate had people watching it in 1987 probably 86 when this was like being made Um, and there has to be one missing panel for the end of the comic of April at the counter like so this guy coming back (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's our thoughts on Tales uh, number three. We're kind of half back this season right now. We'll we'll be finishing out the Tales series just because we weren't able to do it in between seasons. So that's our thoughts on the third issue of Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, we're going to do all of them. They were supposed to come out in between seasons, so we're kind of still in between seasons, but kind of back because we'll be uploading a new episode each week at this point. So we got issues four, five, six, and seven, and then we'll be back into the main Turtles line. So if you have any thoughts on any of those upcoming issues, let us know. Like I said, you can reach us at tmntnerds at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at tmntnerds. Follow us on Instagram at tmntnerds. I'm going to post there like all the visuals from the comic, probably the color version. Um, might do black and white. I don't know. So, uh, so yeah, thank you guys very much for listening and we'll see you next week for tales issue number four. time around okay you step on my intro again flanagan i will have you murdered